Good CEOs build and maintain successful companies. Great CEOs build and maintain influential ones. We're connecting with successful business leaders on how to create the impact within your organization that transforms it into one of influence at the CEO Roundtable. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the CEO Roundtable podcast. Today I'm joined by Marcel Jackson, CEO of the Dream Center. Marcel, thank you for being here, brother. Thank you for having me. No, what a pleasure. What a pleasure it's been getting to know you. No, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and to see this beautiful space. No, thank you, thank you. And you know, it's just we we connected and um, found that right away we had a very similar mindset in the way we approach, I think, business community, the way we see things. But I love where you start. Just uh, tell us where you're from, because you're West Side guy through and through, right? Uh, West Side until the Lord calls me home. <laughs> no, I'm born and raised right here in, uh, in the city of Chicago on the West Side, uh, in the Austin community. But I've lived basically in every area of the West Side. So I am a West Sider. Um, I've even got a little West suburbs in there, Oak Park, oh, yeah, which I call an extension of the West Side. So it's just we're just all one big happy family. And that's as close as you can get to the city. I mean, you still have the CTA going through there. Huh? Two stops. And that's the only suburb I would live in, you know, because you still get suburban living, but the city's living too. You know, you get the buses. Yeah, the buses, you get the trains, you get actually two trains. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two trains, um, one bus. Well, two buses, Chicago Avenue. You got Madison. Yep, yep, yep. So, no, that's a beautiful thing. I, I I love the area, and I love that you just have such a heart for community. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about just starting off with Dream Center, and then we'll um, kind of uh, go back a little bit. Well, the Dream Center is a co-working and business support center, and so I call it my accidental business. Um, I had always had a dream of opening a co-working space one day, but I didn't realized two years ago, August was going to be the day. But we were getting ready to start development on another project, business project. And, you know, COVID taught us that we didn't really need uh, a lot of office space. We were all working remotely. That was working pretty good. So I decided that, you know, a lot of my team could stay remote as long as they're getting the job done, of course. And so I let my downtown office go. And I got the Dream Center location on Chicago Avenue in Austin, so right across from Oak Park. And then I realized after I signed the lease on the new space, the storefront, that I didn't need all that space. Mm. And so I would share it with somebody. And I said, well, you know, I've always wanted a co-working space, so let's start this as a small co-working center. And, man, it just blew up. In our first 60 days, we were uh, – all of our desks have been rented, our private offices. Wow. Uh, yeah, fast. yeah, it was very fast. So there was a need in the Austin community for a co-working space. And then um, we do virtual offices as well. So we we had 100 mailboxes, and within the first 60 days, we had 50 of those gone. Wow. And so then I said, okay, when you start a business, I've been in business since I was 15, I'm like, most new business owners don't have anybody to show them the way. And instead of me allowing them and watching them wait 20 years to figure it out, let's put some services in place that will help them. And so our first service was business in a box. So for the aspiring entrepreneur, you can come and we take you from an idea to an actual business. You know, your 
paperwork, your LLC, your court papers, your EIN, your logo, your website, your first flyer, your phone number, your email. Because I always tell entrepreneurs, if you run your business like a million dollar business, you can make a million dollars. It's it's like the saying, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, right? Yeah, and I believe yeah. in that. And so then we just, I said, okay, you know, when you're in business, you're going to eventually want to get business credit. So you need the corporate address. That's what we had, the virtual offices. And then I said, oh, they're going to need landline phones. So we offered phone lines wow. for business owners. And then it's like, okay, now you need social media. You need your website design. You need graphic. And so then we created a full suite of support services to help. And then fast forward to today, we've added business development consulting because I had so many people calling, well, Action Jackson, I want you to do it for us. You know, and it's like, well, we can't do it for you. And I said, okay, you know what? We can't do it. You hire us <laughs> as your business development specialist. And now, instead of us just showing you the way, we're doing it for you. So we're an extension of your company. So when you need those business plans written and your marketing plan or you need accounting services, we we bring you on. We do a business health assessment with you. And we figure out where you're at in business. And then we give you a plan. And we say, hey, this is what you need to do A through Z. This is how much it'll cost if we do these things for you. And you can either go, we give you what I call free game, and you go do it on your own, or you pay us to do it for you, which most entrepreneurs are too busy running, doing the business to run every aspect of the business. 100%. So that's where we come in to help. And you say you've been doing this for you know, 20 years now, since you were 15. 20, yep, since I was 15. Tell me about getting into business and what what motivated the uh uh, yeah, like the whole lifestyle of it, because it's become a lifestyle. It is definitely a lifestyle. It's the only lifestyle I want is entrepreneurship. Well, you know, my mother would say it started prior to 15. So she would say I was about eight or nine years old. And um, I used to tutor the kids next door. And when the mom asked me to, my neighbor asked me to tutor her kids at the school, I went in the house. We had a computer, of course, and I typed up the contract that said I and put a blank line will pay Marcel $20 a week to tutor my, and then a blank line, kid's name, and a signature line. And when I took it to her, my neighbor called my mom and said, did you write this contract for Marcel? And my mother hadn't even known I did the contract, and I took it to her. And she said, no, well, I, he want to make sure he's going to get paid, you know. And I've seen it. My parents are entrepreneurs, have been entrepreneurs. So I saw them growing up, and so by 15, um, if everybody knows, I'm sure everybody knows what an Xbox is. I, I was a gamer. You know, I had an Xbox. And back then, I don't know how much they cost now. I think they're about the same price, 500 bucks. Um, it was 499 I believe. And my mother, my parents bought me an Xbox. And if you're a gamer, you don't put your Xbox on carpet. You don't put your game on carpet. I didn't really know that, so I wasn't a real gamer. And after a while, the Xbox burnt out, and the green light turned red. And when you get the red circle around the X, yeah, yeah, it's over yeah. with. It's over <laughs> with. And so I told my parents it wasn't working. We went, took it to GameStop, the stores. Nobody could fix it. They bought me another one. But I was sitting one day playing the games, and it's like God had given me a revelation, right? I saw two Xboxes. That was $1,000 worth of equipment and one just doing nothing. And I said, this has to be worth something. 
And that's when I found eBay. I went on Yahoo search. It wasn't Google then. Yahoo search. Found eBay. Signed up. Made an account, of course. Had to change my age a little bit. Um, But I put the Xbox for sale. Broken Xbox with the red light. You had to put pictures. I put pictures up. And somebody bought it for $50. And that's when the light bulb went off over my head. And I said, if I could sell something broke for $50, I wonder how much I'll get for things that work. And I started selling things around the house. Of course, if my parents are listening now, some of the things they <laughs> might have been looking for back then, now they, they know they were yeah. on, on eBay. Um, but then after I started making money, making money, I, I don't know. You know, it just came. I just started researching how to buy things wholesale. I found buy low, sell high. Then I found out what wholesaling was. Then I started buying things wholesale. And to the point we were making so much money, before my 16th birthday, uh, a lawyer had come to town from New York, uh, a distant cousin that I had never met. And my parents, of course, my mother was bragging about her 15-year-old son with his online business. And so uh, my cousin said, I want to invest in your business. He said, if you can write me a business proposal of what you'll do with $15,000, I will invest $15,000 in your business. And, of course, I'm 15. I've never written a business proposal. But thank God for Yahoo. I Googled business proposal. I found some. I put them together. I found Alibaba. Wow, you found it back then? Yeah, back then. Wow. Before it was mainstream and AliExpress and all these things. Yeah. Alibaba has been around a long time. Yeah. And so I started buying. I sent him the proposal, and I got a check for $15,000 in the mail before my 16th birthday. Wow. And so I took that $15,000, and we bought some wholesale um Back when I was 15, 16, you know what was pretty cool? Those LED chains mm. and belt buckles and hats. Really? And I bought those and we sold those. And I was buying whatever was hot and selling them online. And then my eBay business became one of uh, a power seller before power sellers were really out. I was one of the top salesmen. So I created something that made eBay change their rules. And I hadn't (laughs) thought about this until right now talking to you. PlayStation brought out the handheld PSP. Yep. And everybody wanted one. And they were like 200 bucks. And I went on, I had bought one and I went on eBay and I sold raffle tickets on eBay for $25 each. And for $25 you can enter into (laughs) win. A PSP. And we would sell $200, dollars $25 raffle tickets. Wow. So, you know, uh, you do the math. Right, right, right. <laughs> Making a uh, grand. You know, 2500 bucks, and I'm spending 200 on a PSP. Yep. And after the first one, I didn't have to buy them until after the raffle was over. But it went good. It went good for a long time until eBay changed their rules. They literally, because then, of course, in business. It was gambling, basically. Yeah, and people start copying you, so there were people yep, doing yep, it. Yep. They saw me doing this, and then they'll do it, but then they weren't sending them out, and then eBay stopped raffles from happening, mm-hmm. um, which was cool, because by then, You're making your money I had that. sold the online store to somebody else. No way. Yeah, yeah, so 
I was out of the online retail business and on to the next business. And what was that? That was credit repair. So when when you think about those experiences, what what looking back was the most invaluable thing to you that you took away from starting out so young and having a successful business, dealing with investors, and actually having an exit too? Well, what what I've learned from starting young, and I appreciate starting young, is I I had the opportunity to make so many mistakes early, and not later in life. So that was one of the things, because with my investor. Um, because I was young, I learned I didn't know how to manage money very well mm. either. You know, yeah. I'm 16. I got fifteen thousand dollars. I'm making money. I'm buying cars. I'm out having a good time. You know, trying to you know high school, seventeen, eighteen. Um, I wasn't managing my money very well, and I look back and say, you know, I probably could have been a multimillionaire ten years ago, versus waiting twenty, thirty years. But it was those lessons that helped me to do the businesses now yep. and helped me to launch successful companies. And it, that's when I learned not to be married to a business, to a business. Some people are married to their business. If they're a baker, all they want to do is bake. So I, they're not they're an entrepreneur, but they're married to their business. If their bakery doesn't work, they're out of business and they're, on, they're going to get a job, right? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not married to a business. I'm married to business. I love doing business. So any kind of business, I can run it because the same principles owning a restaurant are the same business principles owning a co-working space or a grocery store. It's different ventures, of course, but when you have that business acumen, you can be a CEO of any company. And what what, what would you tell people who – Almost to a fault. I don't want to say when you're married to your business because it's doing well, but you're married to a business that may not be doing so well, or that you know you you you're not um, the opportunity cost is high because you could be doing something else, and you know a lot of times they can stay stuck in the money because of the money. Well, yeah, what what would you tell people in that situation that are married to a business they maybe shouldn't be married? Um, to? There's a song that says you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Um, you got to know when to walk away, right? And sometimes we are so married to that one business and we're afraid to fail and we're afraid of what everybody's going to say. But now you're in debt. Now you can't pay your bills. And now your business is suffering because you didn't have an exit plan. And in business, you have to have an exit plan, whether it's going doing good or bad. And you got to know that plan. You got to know the number, too. So what I've learned in business is, I know my exit plan. I know the number that I need to exit because in America, the goal is to build it, scale it, and then sell it, right? And so if you build it, you scale it, and you sell it. But if you don't know what you're willing to sell it for, you don't know your numbers, or you don't know the value, and you don't have that exit plan in place, then that's when you see these American dreams become American nightmares, and people are losing money and losing businesses. So if you're holding on to something that's just not working, you got to be able to shift. And um, that happened to me during the pandemic. It, it it definitely happened. The pivot word? The shift. The shift. Yeah, the shift. yeah, the shift. I had the gift to shift. And I made more money in the pandemic than I had made in my 15 years of business. <laughs> really? Yes, because I have a um, sales and marketing company hmm. that we had relationships with vendors in China. 
from years of doing business and marketing sales contracts. And when the pandemic was starting to happen, I knew my other business was not going to be able to make it because we're on lockdown. But we shift gears real quick. I took all of my staff from this company and said, we're going to focus on the sales and marketing company who already has relationships in China, and we're going to start sourcing PPE supplies. Mm. And we started ordering them, and we started bringing them in. Then we started getting government contracts. Wow, that's that's where the money was. Then that's where the money. Then we started, you know, being fast tracked into being vendors for government officials because we had the product. Wow. But if I had have done like most people do and say, well, this is the end. I have no other options. No, you got to kind of shift sometimes, and then you take the good people that you have and you say, okay. I know you're good at marketing. I know you're good at sales. I know you're good at research. Now I want you to come over here and I want you to contact these companies, research these industries, sell these products that we're about to get to these companies, and we all just kept moving. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. And then, and right now where you see in the opposite end of that, you also see that people have these good ideas and now you're helping them get there, right? Mm-hmm. What What from that perspective would you offer shed some light on on what people should be doing or thinking about when they're starting a business right because a lot of times it gets a little overwhelming but and to a certain extent it is right if yeah. it's not what you're focused on but it's still important to have to think about those things first before you go see someone like yourself and you know to have those thoughts or ideas already somewhat formulated what what advice would you give in starting a business that you found uh, is the most important thing when now dealing with a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs? Well, the first thing is a shameless plug. If you're thinking about it and you need help, you call the Dream Center. There you go. go. (laughs) That's what we do. Well, you know what? Um, What I see in a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs is the lack of faith. Mm. And I see people who have so many dreams, so many ideas, But I had an older woman tell me once we were driving past the cemetery and she said, look at all those dreams and visions. And I'm like, do you not see dead people? (laughs) And she's Mm -hmm. like, so many people die and take their dreams and visions with them. And I see that every day when I'm working with people and I'm in the community, I'm in room and people saying, oh, I have this idea. Well, what's stopping you? The first step to starting a business is to just do it. That's it. As simple as saying, okay, I have this idea. So once you, once you have the idea, you write it down. You figure out the name. If you're having issues with naming, and that's, of course, when you call the Dream Center and you right, get your right. paperwork done. But the first step is to do it. I started a kitty cab company once. <laughs> a kitty cab? Kitty cab. A oh, kitty cab. That's what <laughs> I called it. So Chicago, and you got to know in Business 101 they teach you um, supply and demand, right? You got to know where there's a need. You supply the need. Um, Chicago started allowing a lot of charter schools to open up. And one of the things that I noticed with charter schools was they don't provide busing. Mm -hmm. And so 12 years ago, I started a kitty cab company. Interesting. And you know what I did? I just did it. One night I had a vision, and I believe it was a dream. I dreamed I was driving kids around. And so I woke up, and I put an ad on Craigslist. I didn't have any paperwork done. I didn't have any. I just had an idea. And you know what? I just did it. You know, I just wanted to see where people going to 
bike. And $500 a month per child. And I would pick take your kid to school and pick them up at school. I put the ad on Craigslist. And the next day I had an email asking for contract and paperwork. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, is this really happening? So then I had to now I'm working backwards. I started the business, but now I got to go and do all the paperwork and get it right. But I had my first client because I had the idea and I put it out there. Wow. That's amazing. And That's that really business amazing. was the best and worst business. You know, you got to be very careful what you ask for, too, when you're doing business, because every business is not for you. And that's when you got to know when to say this is it for me. 100 percent. In Chicago, we have brutal winters. Imagine having to pick kids up in a snowstorm because their parents are saying, no, they're still going to school. And you're like, but it's six feet of snow outside. (laughs) I don't want to go out here and drive. But that was the scenario, and I and I just folded that company. I didn't even want to do <laughs> do business anymore. I think we lasted two years, and um, oh wow, you lasted two years. Though. Yeah, we did last two school years. You okay, know? but that was a good thing. Like, oh, you're off in the winter, but you got to know everything is not for everybody. Right, right. And so you have a business idea, you got a talent, you're good at it. Cool. That that's a business idea. But if you're just a business person looking for a business, you got to know what business fits. You, you know, what do you want to do? Do you, do you want a business where you need 100 staff and you got to manage and oversee them? Do you want a business with limited staff? Do you want to have to go in the office every day? Do you want to do manual labor? Those are things you have to think about when you're starting a business. Because when you own the business, you work in every facet of the business. Mm-hmm. And so Kitty Cab was not for me because I didn't want to be driving in the winter. <laughs> and guess what? When one of your drivers call off in the wintertime, hey, guess you gotta, what you got to do? Yep, yep. There yeah. you go. So no, that wasn't that wasn't it. <laughs> and on top of that, a couple other things you have going on, but you're big into radio. Yes, you're on iHeartRadio, and uh, you're. I went, well, tell me about that. Well, you know, um, you you tell God what you want to do, and and He'll laugh because it's not about what you want to do; it's what you know you're destined to do. And yeah. I believe I was destined to do radio because I never went to school for radio. I had never. Done radio, had any formal training. I just happened to be networking and in rooms. And I was invited on a radio show on iHeartRadio to promote my company. And I went on to talk about my business. And we were having good conversations with the the two hosts of the show. And then I began sponsoring, the, you know, being a sponsor on the show and sponsoring a segment. They said, you know what's going on in Chicago you had to come back and tell us what's going on. And then there was the What's Going On with Action Jackson segment on the Brunch Bunch every Wednesday. It was yeah, once a week on Wednesday. So I would go promote my business and talk about things that are happening in the city. And I enjoyed it. And I started reaching out to radio stations about producing my own show and figuring out because, of course, I'm an entrepreneur. So I want to know how I'm going to be able to own the show. I don't need a job. I want to own the show. And so I started researching, calling, meeting, and I finally found the station here in Chicago, the station that I'm on, actually, who said, hey, we got a slot on Sundays. You can have it. This is how much it's going to cost. You got to get your production. You got to pay this. You got to do that. And I'm like, I think I'm in. I called a mentor of mine and said, look, 
um, I'm on. I'm gonna produce my own show. I'm gonna start a show. Um, I'm not gonna be on this show anymore. I'm gonna do my own thing because I think it's time. And I really wanted to stay with the other show. I got a call that week after I was getting ready to make this deal and said, "Hey, my co-host on the show, my my co-host Tamara Fair, called me and said my co-host on the show is." no longer on the show anymore. He has another opportunity. Would you be interested in being my permanent co-host? And I said, well, I had to think about it. You know, in business, you can't jump too fast. Mm-hmm. You can't make them think. And then I said, well, um, I don't want a job. I want to own the show. And she said, well, I own the show. So we can become business partners. And five years later, we have the number one show on Inspiration 1390, an iHeart media station here. And I've been owning part owner for five years. Wow. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. <laughs> That's Thank a beautiful you. thing. <laughs> and, 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 and so many things have happened, and now you're at the point where you're even launching an app, right? My, I think my new favorite venture. But the good thing is, and I always tell people, when you had a gift to shift and you pivot, right, yeah. you don't have to. The goal is multiple streams of income. But I always say if your streams never connect at one point, then you may have a problem. You yeah, know, yeah. you know, your your business stream should be able to interconnect at one point. And so um, the Dream Center has launched an app. Mm. So the Dream Center co-working and business support has launched Alfred, the AI business assistant. And so what happened, of course, AI is big and it's, it's projected by 2037, it's going to be 100 times where it is now, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. And so for the past seven months, maybe eight, maybe a year, I've been using AI tools in, our, in the Dream Center in business with clients. And I'm like, you know, I have to teach our community, right? Low-income, middle-class families the importance of getting on top of AI, right? Because mm-hmm. so many times when new industries are, are rising, we're the last to get on the train. And so I'm like, I got to teach them. But then my mind said, well, if I teach them about AI and what I'm doing, nobody's going to pay me anymore to do the work because they, they got all my tricks. And I said, well, I can't be selfish, right? If they if they decide to do it with AI on their own, good. So, But I said, you know what I am going to do? I'm going to create an app that I want for AI, right, as an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, when you're a small business, it's hard to hire an HR person. It's hard to hire, you know, a personal assistant. It's hard to hire a social media manager. You don't always get that, and you're doing all of that. Yeah. So we created Alfred to be that. So Alfred is an AI business assistant that is personalized to the user. So when you download Alfred, you take a quiz. He asks you, Alfred asks you some questions about yourself, your business, your goals. And then now he becomes personal to you. He's getting to know you, but we're speeding up the process because with other AI tools, sometimes they never get to know you. You know, it's always like um, all times or something. Every time you go on this AI platform, they they don't know you, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, With Alfred, that's not the case. So Mm Alfred gives daily wisdom based on you. and your, So every day you log in, he's giving you something. Today, Alfred told me I need to focus more on my finances. 
Mm. And I said, Alfred, I don't know who you're talking to. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, well, you know, and then he gave me some tips and he ended with a motivational message. And I wanted to include that because I, I know as entrepreneurs, we're not always motivated as much because we're doing the motivating. 100%. And so we don't all have people that are saying, you know, you're doing a good job. You should be doing this a little bit better. And then you're going to get this. So Alfred does that for us. But then there's a set of toolkits that I realized social media is a, a beast in itself, right? And as an entrepreneur, trying to write the right captions and hashtags will take an hour sometimes. And when you could have been doing so much more. So one of the toolkits is a social media toolkit. Alfred will write your captions for you, tell him what you're trying to He'll ask you a few questions about the message you're trying to convey. It's a hashtag generator to make sure that you're hashtagging the right hashtags. And when you're trying to do Facebook ads, which is another job, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, how do I make the right ads? And that's what Alfred does. Um, one of my, well, I use Alfred and people are like, well, what should I be using them for? Think of anything you want to use them for an act of. So um, on the way here to meet with you today, I had a interview with an intern and I was in the car I overbooked myself today, so I didn't have time to get to my office. I'm on my phone, so now I got to pull over to Zoom him. Um, and prior to the Zoom, I had Alfred. I said, Alfred, I'm interviewing a marketing intern. I need interview questions. In less than 30 seconds, he wrote me 10 very good interview questions. <laughs> I popped on Zoom. <laughs> I had the interview. I asked him these great questions Alfred wrote. And bam, now I got a new uh uh, intern, a marketing intern that has a master's degree in in marketing, working on the second one. But shout out to Alfred for helping me make that happen. That's beautiful. And uh, it's just, you know, it's a tool. People say, oh, AI is going to eliminate jobs. No, AI is only going to eliminate jobs for the people who don't understand how to use AI. 100%. Because AI is not a standalone tool. It has to be used. It's a brain. But yeah, but a human has to prompt it to do something. Yep. And if you know how to prompt, and that's what I love about Alfred, they're built in prompts. But when our users download, we also give them prompts and we teach them how to prompt Alfred from business plans, business proposal, advertising campaigns. Um, I, I don't think I sent you the press release. It was just nothing but God's favor and grace that got me this podcast interview. But I'm featured in a couple of magazines that will be coming out. That's and beautiful. Alfred wrote the press release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's where the human component comes. Alfred might have written the press releases, but a human had to have the relationships and to know who to send them to, right? 100%. And so that's why I had a publicist I put on Instagram Wow, Alfred wrote me a press release in a minute and 30 seconds. And one of the PR people that followed me uh, said, AI is the devil. <laughs> and I said, no, it's not. I said, he's not taking your job. You can use him to help you write the press release, but you still have the relationships. Yep. So although AI is artificial intelligence, it's the brain, but it has to be it has to be prompted and used by humans. Yep. So if you can incorporate this into your business, I mean, it's a game changer. I've written some business plans in three, four minutes. Now, of course, I don't just let Alfred type it all by himself. 
I do go in and I may have to move some stuff. Or I have the conversation with them and yep. say, you know what? I didn't like that part. Remove that. Add this. Take this out. Add that. And then we got a perfect business plan, business proposal that I can give to my client. Of course. No, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, when you know how to use it, it's a, it's an extremely useful tool. So how can people find you? How can they connect with you uh, if they're looking for, for some help in those areas or just want to follow you on social media? Well, you can follow me on Instagram at at Marcel Action Jackson, and that's M-A-R-S-E-I-L, Action Jackson. Uh, Dream Center Chicago on Instagram or Alfred.GPT on Instagram. And uh, I'm, I'm really only on Instagram and Facebook, you know, Pray for me about Twitter <laughs> or X or whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> no, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for coming in, sharing your story, and just being a part of this community. No, thank you for having me. You got a great thing going, and I, I'm glad to be a new member. No, God bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you.